Well, Steeler fans, I have great news. Deontay Johnson showed up today for the fourth session of OTAs. But he will not address the media until next week. I consider you... I can... Go, let's start over. Wait, start the music over. Start the music over. Okay, I stuttered. I hate when I stutter to start the show. So let's begin again in three, two, one. How's it going, Steeler fans? Deontay Johnson showed up today for the fourth session of OTAs. But he will not address the media till next week. Wow. I'm not sure I can wait that long to hear what Deontay Johnson has to say. I can see you shiver with anticip. Patient. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. But not the symptom. Uh, Yo, all that's relevant with Deontay Johnson is... Are the Steelers going to pay him $90 million over five years like he wants? I say no way. I'd rather wrap that money around a brick and throw it in the Allegheny River than give a number two receiver that kind of money. But uh, we'll see what the Steelers think. That's actually a poll I got up on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Would you pay Deontay Johnson what he wants? This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it? You love it. You want more of it. Dial 412-333-WXDX to go one-on-one with the great one. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. I think Deontay Johnson is a pretty good number two receiver with the number one receiver's ego. And that's not a good combination because why would you tolerate that ego when you're not getting the goods of a top guy? And what respect I did have for Deontay Johnson evaporated when he showed up for OTAs. Didn't show up last week. Sounded like we were cascading toward a hold-in on his part. And then he chickened out and showed up today. As I repeatedly said, unless I'm a rookie or second-year guy or a quarterback joining a new team like Trubisky, Optional would mean see at minicamp. But that's just around the corner as well. And, and as I said last week, and I wrote in the Trib, they don't need OTAs. They don't need minicamp. Basketball, baseball, football, excuse me, basketball, baseball, and hockey don't have OTAs in minicamp. It's just a way for them to keep an eye on the player, players and keep them from, boy, I am stuttering like friggin' crazy today. It's just a way to keep an eye on potentially wayward players. Remind them that you're in charge and you'd better be there. And uh, a way to keep football in the spotlight 24-7, 365. So if you, if you don't go to whatever's optional, I respect you more as a man and as a football player. Look at Troy Pulamalu. Almost never showed up for anything optional. There I go, stuttering again. And he turned out pretty good. Uh, We're going to talk about the the DVE Memorial Day 500, some shocking developments in songs that were omitted, one in particular. We'll get to that a little bit later on. 
It's not been the same since since Chad Tyson took over for Sean McDowell, I got to tell you, because now they have someone who's not stoned all the time, and the decisions seem to match that. Uh, turning out of hockey, and by the way, we got we got good guests today, great guests, Jack Ham at 3.30. Doug Whaley said Jack's a candy ass and couldn't play in the league today. I agree. We'll talk to Jack about that at 3.30. And we got Stan Severn, the godfather, at 4.30. But tomorrow, her team is in the conference final. She is a diehard representing the New York Rangers will be uh, my good friend and one of my favorite hockey media types, one of my favorite media types of all time, Linda Cohn. That's tomorrow. Uh she had a son who worked as an intern for the Penguins. Uh, was it last year or the year before? And he looked a little bit like Sid. I called him Bizarro World Sid. Like Sid, but not quite. Good kid. Did a good job from, from what I'm told. Uh, anyway, turning out of hockey. This has been like a long-winded intro in today's show. I, I still don't know where it's headed, so bear with me, but that's nothing new. Uh, Jacob Truba, the Rangers defenseman. Hit another guy in the head, probably to impress Linda Cohn. Uh, Jarvis from Carolina, and he left the game. It sucks, but you got to live with it because Troop is not going to stop, and the league won't stop him. And you can't police it by having tough guys because he won't be deterred. He just won't. So just live with it and avoid the hit. Phil Bork said something on Twitter that is so right on money. Troop has perfected the art of hitting a guy through the chest but finishing at his head, which is still a headshot, but it 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 either is legal or it assumes the appearance of legality. But he's not going to stop doing it. Uh, here's a, a little note. Wes McCauley was one of the referees in all three of the games this year where Truba delivered a gratuitous headshot. Starting with the Sid one, uh, he got Max Domi early in the second round and then last night with Jarvis. So now we got the conference finals in hockey. That would be a good thing to talk about today because I'm fired up. It's great matchups. It's great hockey. It's been great hockey so far in these playoffs. It's the two best players in hockey head-to-head in the Western Conference. It's the two best goalies in hockey head-to-head in the Eastern Conference. Maybe Kadri could knock McDavid out of the series, and maybe Truba could knock Vasilevsky out of the series. That would be so NHL. I'm picking Edmonton in seven over Colorado. That's an upset, but it's McDavid's time. It really feels that way. I'm picking Tampa in six in the East over the New York Rangers, but the Rangers could win. New York could outskate Tampa. Shesterkin could steal wins. But Tampa had that rest between series, eight days, and New York has played two seven-game series. That's a grind. And New York will finally be playing a number one goaltender. New York only faced backups and third stringers in the first two series because of injury. Well, that's not entirely true. Uh, The only time New York faced a number one goalie was game seven against the Penguins and Tristan Jari. Courageously, might I add, but Jari was playing on one foot. Now they play against Andre Vasilevsky. That's a whole lot tougher. 
one of the best goalies ever and a playoff legend. Vasilevsky got six shutouts in series clinching games. Vasilevsky is 17-0 after a playoff loss. The New York Rangers have to beat that, and I, I don't think they will. I'm not counting them up, but I don't think they will. Uh, but give the Rangers credit. They, they trailed the Penguins three games to one. They trailed Carolina two games to none. Uh, their, their hashtag is no quit in New York, and, and there really hasn't been. Um, although part of me wants to root for the Rangers and Oilers. I'm not really rooting. Well, I, I'll be honest. I'd see Linda Cohn. I'd like to see her Rangers. I mean, I don't know. But then again, I hate the Rangers. But but part of me wants the Rangers and Oilers to win. Why? Because I hate single-name teams. I hate avalanche instead of avalanches. I hate lightning instead of lightnings. I just hate single-name teams. It's too clever by half. I like traditionally named teams. So 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Uh, the Pirates sent Hoy Park to AAA and signed Yu Chang. Uh, who, who do they play tonight? The Yakult Swallows or the Yamori Giants? Um, oh, my God. You know what I just did? I just read the Bucko Roundup too early by mistake. Well, that's the Bucko Roundup for today. I got more Bucko talk at 4 o'clock, and I really do. And I wrote a column about the Pirates uh, in the trib that I'm going to crib from for my monologue at 4 o'clock. Here's something to think about if you're a Pitt football fan. And if you are, I can't imagine you're listening to my program. But if you're a Pitt football fan, Pitt has powerful alumni with a lot of money, but maybe not that much money, but they have powerful alumni that influence the football program greatly and always have. They used to be called the Golden Panthers. I'm not sure what they're called now. What they should be called is impotent jerk-offs because they think they have power, but they didn't pony up the money to keep Jordan Addison at Pitt. So if they can't do that for a player like that, if they can't raise a measly $3.5 million between them, how rich are they? How influential should they be? And how much power should they still have? Those are interesting questions, I think. 412-333-WXDX. Okay, now i got to rewrite really quick a bucko roundup for the next segment. And uh, how about they cut Cole Tucker? DFA. DFA. Hey. Hey. Uh, or is it OI? No, ACDC. They were all over the DVE Memorial Day 500. But back in black, fell all the way to 17. They were top 10 last year. Freebird fell all the way to 13 from number 7 last year. A lot of controversy with the DV Memorial Day 500. But uh, but uh, the Pirates cut Cole Tucker. First round pick in 2014. Their second round pick in 2014 is Mitch Keller. His ERA is over 6, career and this year. I'm not sure they know what they're doing when it comes to developing players. I am sure they know exactly what they're doing when it comes to taking your money. 412-333-WXDX.
And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Let's face it, you've always been in love with me, and this is just your moment of clarity. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, I know so. The X at 105.9. It's time for the Bucko Roundup. The Pirates rallied yesterday to win 6-5 at Los Angeles. It was a very thrilling comeback, and they had a similar come-from-behind win Saturday night at San Diego, but nobody's paying attention, so it's like the tree that rallied to win a game in the forest. Pirates play at Los Angeles tonight. That is your bucko roundup for today. Tuesday, the day after Memorial Day, so it feels like Monday. A couple other things from Steelers OTAs worth noting. Uh, Kenny Pickett's getting hardly any snaps at all, according to those who are there. Uh, Trubisky's getting first-string snaps. Rudolph's getting backup snaps. It's only OTAs. And I think they really feel like it's the 50s or the 60s or the 70s and the rookie's got to earn it. And they're trying to make him earn it, make him want it. First of all, I don't think desire's ever been perceived as a remote problem with Kenny Pickett. And this is just like kind of a dumbass charade. Now, that said, I think it it does confirm that uh, the plan I put out there, and which took me a while to realize, is going to come to pass, whereas Trubisky starts at season's beginning, and then when they go two and four, that gives way to Pickett. Now, there's some variables there. If Trubisky wins, do they leave him in? If he's four and two, and the answer is yes, but he won't be four and two. And with Pickett, the possibility is they might just have him be backup all season or third string all season because he's a rookie and he's got to not only earn it, as we've discussed, but learn it as well, which would be ridiculous. I mean, by the time Pickett's rookie contract's up, he's going to be almost 30. You want to get use out of that guy right away, but uh, that's the way they do things. Uh, Najee Harris gained 12 pounds up to 244. Now, does that mean he's fat or does it mean he's powerful? People are acting as if he'll be powerful. And having seen a picture of him, that's my best guess. But uh, 12 pounds on me would just be more fat. Uh, Somebody tweeted earlier that Omar Khan's uh, jobs uh, right now as he takes over Steelers GM involve uh, getting Stephon Tewitt there and deciding what to do with Deontay Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, Minka, they're going to give that huge deal, too. It's a mistake, but that's what's going to happen. Deontay, I really don't know. That's why I got my poll up on my Twitter, at Mark Madden I also got a poll about who's going to win the conference finals in hockey. But uh, as far as Stephon Tewitt goes, he's either going to play or not, and he's not. And Omar Khan's got nothing to do with that. Uh, speaking of Steelers, we got Jack Ham. Uh, he is one of the top two in, uh, outside linebackers ever. Still does color for Penn State Radio. We're going to talk about Doug Whaley, the former NFL personnel guy who couldn't get a job in that field now from any team at gunpoint, saying that uh, Jack would be a backup special teams guy in today's league. So we'll see what Jack has to say about that. We'll talk a little bit about NIL and how that's affected college football in general. 
and how it will affect Penn State. I mean, don't get me wrong. Whaley's right. Jack's a bum if he played now, but but that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, that's obviously not true, but I'm probably going to sell that to Jack when he gets on the show. And then we have Stan Saverin at 430. Uh, anyway, those uh, DVE Memorial Day 500. Freebird fell from 13 to 7. Excuse me, from 7 to 13. Back in Black fell. Was Back in Black number one last year? I can't read my own writing. It fell all the way to 17. The top three were number one, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Number two, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, the traditional uh, number one for years. And then number three, Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd. Omitted from the list totally, Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. Uh, that's the first, I believe, for the DV Memorial Day 500. Some people are taking real umbrage with that, which, to which I say to them, get a life, although that is an awesome song. Okay, up next. He owns all the coal in Pennsylvania. He owns jackhambumfighting.com in which homeless people fight for a sandwich, and you get to watch it on video. It is awesome. Uh, he is one of the top two outside linebackers of all time, even though Doug Whaley says if he played now, he'd suck. And he did the best radio I've ever done with me on 1250, the Jack Ham football show. The pride of Johnstown Bishop McCord High School and a four-time Super Bowl champion. It's Jack Ham up next on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. Hi, Marco. I have some porn questions for you. That right there, my friend, that's asking for trouble. The X at 105.9. My guest right now is a member of the Pro and College Football Halls of Fame. He is a four-time Super Bowl champion and one of the uh, one or two greatest outside linebackers to ever play the game. He is the pride of Johnstown Bishop McCourt High School. He is Jack Ham. Uh, Jack, you asked my producer why I always badmouth you. Did, did that sound like badmouthing you? I mean, what, what's going on? Why the bitterness? No, the intro here was fine. It's, it's all the uh, half hour uh, before this uh, uh, talking about my career is where I'm talking about you bad-mouthing me. Well, Jack, it was all only partly true, but 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 to, <laughs> to, to, to turn serious, Doug Whaley, uh, former NFL personnel guy and a player at Pitt, said you would be a special teams backup at today's NFL. That strikes me as, as, as harsh. I mean, wholly inaccurate, but uh, what's your response to that? Well, I, Mark, we're talking about – totally different eras. I, I retired 40 years ago, 1982. If I would be playing today's game, I would, when the, with the nutrition they have, the weight training involved today, and the, the way the passing game is going, that, that was probably one of my strengths as well. I would take advantage of all of those things, and I think I would be able to play in, in today's game and be just, just as effective. Yeah, I agree with that. You were 228 when you played. If you played today, you'd be bigger. Uh, like you just cited the advances made in, in stuff like conditioning and nutrition. And, and the point you make about being a good pass defender is uh, is well put. I mean, in today's game, you would have an easier adjustment than most guys mentally from back then. Without a doubt. I think that's, that's why, in, you know, in games like when, when we played the Oakland Raiders, I was involved in more of the passing game than the running game and had a couple of interceptions and interceptions in, in playoff games as well. I, I love the passing game. I ended up with uh, 37 interceptions as a linebacker. And, and t- today's game, that weak side linebacker is, pat- is part safety, 
smart linebacker, and I think I would be able to adjust him, and that would actually be a perfect position for me in today's game. Now, see, this is the Jack Cam I love. This is the Hall of Fame Jack Cam. You're citing your stats. You're standing your ground. You're telling it like it is. This is just awesome. Now, uh, and whatever you would have to learn, you could learn. I mean, you, you were known for being cerebral as well. I, I will admit, and uh, I'll give some examples to run by in a minute, some guys would have trouble adjusting, but it's not like you're going to not catch on, too. The mental part was always your thing. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I, we played a lot of cover, too, when I was in college at Penn State, and, and that uh, going into the pros, that was not a big transition for me in those kind of coverage, which were, were a big part of the passing game, it still is a big part of the pass defense today in that cover two situation. Yeah, Mark, I, you know, I was a student of the game. I, I learned a lot from Andy Russell, who played the other outside linebacker, who was a smart guy, and I realized I could learn a lot from him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the mental part of the game, I, I, I always admired as well, and I always wanted to do well. Mental mistakes were something you not want to have in a situation. So, yeah, I mean, I, I said, it's a different era here in 2022, but uh, – like I said, I could, I, I would adjust to that. And college for me, when we ended up at Penn State, bowl game, and a month later we were drafted. I didn't go through combines and learn how to run 40-yard dashes for time like they're doing today, and doing actually they're training for the combine. And we never did that. We got drafted a month after college football was over. All they went on was your tape. Well, that's actually uh, a, a good point. And begs the question. How would you have done it something like the NFL Combine? And do you think it would have made you more draftable or less draftable in the eyes of the teams? Mark, I, I, was, a, I was a good athlete. And I, and I think the Combine, I think, would have shown all, with all the misdirection drills they have and the 40-yard dash. Again, I would have trained for it as well. I ran 4-6 at, at, at Penn State and also here at, at, at Pittsburgh. So I, I would have adapted that as well. But all the, the cone drills and all those kind of things, you know that that's that's kind of a strength for me. So I, I would I would have done well, Mark. I I really believe that this day and age I would have played as well as I played back in the seventies. Now let me let me ask you about uh, a guy like Mel Blunt because I think Mel Blunt's one of the two greatest cornerbacks in in the history of the game with Deion Sanders. He is to his position what you are to yours. But I do find myself wondering how he would adjust to today's game, not because of his athleticism and size, which is beyond peer. But the game is so different for a cornerback now. I think Mel could adjust in theory, but I think it might take him a while. Well, first, first of all, the, you know, some of those rules were changed because of a guy like yes. Mel Blunt out there. And at six four and about two two hundred and ten pounds, I mean, he ran four four back then. Again, the, the transition. He was he probably a, he's a four three guy today, or maybe even a little bit under that. But at that size. You can still jam people in that five-yard area. He would have been, he would have made the transition very, very easily. Outstanding man-to-man cover guy. Back there as well. So, Mark, he's he's probably one of the best athletes I've ever seen come down the road here in, in college, pro, or whatever the case may be. He was that good a player. Now, now here's here's a good question. How often would Mean Joe Green get ejected if he played now? <laughs> Well, first of all, I think I think Joe would not have any money when they, you know you get paid every every two weeks in pro football. I mean, he would have been fined so many times. My my rookie year, he threw his helmet uh, at, at the hit the goalpost in in Chicago when we lost in the last last quarter, last couple plays of the game. So yeah, uh, Joe would have to to, to uh, tone it down a little bit, or 
or he would not have a whole lot of money in his paycheck. Now, were you mad when Whaley said what he said? What was your reaction when you heard that? Yeah, to be very candid with you, Mark, yeah, I was a little upset about it because, in fact, you know, I know I would take advantage, like I just mentioned, of all the things that are out there here in 2022, and I would take them, use them to my advantage. And I don't think, you know, I don't know Doug Whaley, and I think I may have met him a couple of times here and there, but I just don't think he knows what kind of player I could be in this era. Of course, if you froze me in time, from 1970s and try to play here today, I, you know, you can't do that. But again, I would adapt very easily, I think, to this game. This game. Because I, like you said earlier, I love the passing game. And a lot of linebackers are a liability in the passing game. And when it's done second and long or third and long, they're usually on the sideline because you have a defensive back them in the game to take their spot because that's a, bad miss, that's a mismatch. I enjoyed those kind of challenges in the passing game. So I don't think Doug... Doug knew, you know, he didn't see me play, obviously, back then, and I don't think he knew the kind of player I could be. We're talking to all-time Steeler great Jack Cam here on the Mark Madden Show. Jack, I want to talk a little bit about college football and the state of the game. You still do college football uh, as color analyst on Penn State broadcast. What's your take on the NIL money and all the transfers? Because it's made it so you can recruit from another school now. You, You don't even really have to recruit from high schools. Well, right now, college football is really – they all have their free agency. It's free agency in college football, and it's, I blame the NCAA for this. NCAA with the, the, the lack of leadership, you let government come in, and it was the Supreme Court decision 9 nothing uh, against the NCAA, and you let government make decisions for your industry to have problems. And right now, we have chaos here right now because there are no rules. The things guys used to do, alumni, back when under the table, give money to the college kids, is now upfront and legal. There's nobody out there who seems to police the situation out there, and it's just worse before it gets better. Will this hurt Penn State or help, or, 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 or no effect? Well, you know what? Penn State has a huge alumni base out there, and they got a collective just like all these other teams. But you got a guy, team like Texas A&M. Mark, I've never heard of this before, but – they have five, count them, five five-star defensive linemen coming in in this, this recruiting class, which is the number one recruiting, recruiting class in the, in the country. I think the Habs will continue to even get better, and at some point I think the Habs are going to break away from the NCAA. Yeah, there's talk about that right now with the SEC, that if they don't uh, – if the playoff gets changed to a way they don't like, they'll just you know absorb more teams and have their own tournament. Exactly. I mean, you know, top 25 teams in the country. I mean, they're, 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 you can't have the same rules for all the college teams out there. And I, I could see that happening right away. And what has happened now with the NIL and all this, is the, the portal and free agency, I think you may just push this on fast forward, and it may, it may happen a lot quicker than I thought. Now, where's Penn State at right now? Seven and six last year, four and five the year before. But that was after a run of four really good seasons Maybe it was COVID that kind of kind of put Penn State in a bit of a law. What are your expectations now? Well, I think the expectations are very high. They got their, their talented quarterback. Uh, we've got a quarterback, Sean Clifford, who's, who's right. doing the same thing that Kenny Pickett did. Is he's here for his sixth year? But they've got a five-star quarterback out of Ohio, and also another young quarterback freshman out of York, Pennsylvania. Uh, they, I think their recruiting class coming in this year was ranked fourth or fifth in the country. 
And uh, they they've got talent up there right now. I mean, you just got to make sure they put it together here in in this upcoming season. But there is a lot of talent coming in. They're running backs. They got the top one of the top running backs in the country. So their running game should be a whole lot better. Question mark mark will be is for our offensive line how well they will perform this year. Now, Jack, uh, I, I know from speaking with you the last uh, several years, you don't follow the NFL much. Not since you stopped doing. Uh, games on radio nationally, I still find that odd. It, it's like Troy Pulamalu doesn't watch, but you're two Hall of Famers and you've kind of disconnected. Well, you know what, Mark, when you're doing Penn State football and, you, and, and either on the road or at home, I get back sometime on a Sunday and I, I'm, I'm a Steeler fan and I, and I watch them and hope, hope they, they end up winning the game. But, uh, I mean, all the other teams out there. I, I don't really, you know, keep that much, you know, pay that much attention to all those players out there. All I know is they're making a lot of money. <laughs> they, they really are. Uh, how often do you talk to the to the guys from your from your old Super Bowl teams? I mean, how how many guys do you stay in close touch with? Well, I can't stay in close, uh, contact with, with Jack Lambert, with Mike Wagner, uh, with Andy Russell. Uh, I just spent time with Mel and, and Franco. Uh, and we have a card signing situation we had a couple of weeks ago. So I see him from time to time or, or some or at some events. A lot of times it could be a golf event as well. But, you know, there's a lot of guys who still live here in Pittsburgh, Mark, and uh, so we keep in pretty close contact. I'll tell you what, you locked out with the autograph signings. That's pretty good money, and you have a name of seven letters. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Ray Guy might be a little bit shorter than me. That's the only one, but, yeah. I, I, when I get back in those back rooms of those warehouses, I can pound them out pretty quick, Mark. Well, no, I got one that, that beats everybody. Former Pirates catcher Ed Ott. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Five letters. Now, now, what's going on with Jack Kim? Give me an update. Uh, you're a coal baron. At least you were. And, and of course, you still got <laughs> the bum fighting videos. What, what's going on? And you're in good health, I'm told, which is great. Well, we're still in the, in the coal thing. We're trying to get rid of a lot of those these, these uh environmental piles that are out there in Pennsylvania and trying to get those taken care of. Uh, with Penn State, I've been there over 20 years now doing the, the broadcast with, the, with, the, with Penn State. So, and it keeps me as busy as I want to be, Mark, right now. Well, which brings me to my next question, but I know the answer. The best radio I ever did was our show back on 1250. What would it take for you to <laughs> resume that show with me? Because that was magic. I, I'm being very serious, but I know you won't do it. I, no, I, uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, some of the some of the guests that you had prior to me coming there, I think around we'd go on the air. I think around five o'clock, and you would have you would have different people there. I I, I came in there one time when you were interviewing a, one of the strippers who was in town. Well, so, no, I mean, Jack, it wasn't a stripper. It was an adult video star. Get it right. Uh, okay, uh, the the adult video star who was there, uh, and I was wondering whether this was a good move for me. I. I was hoping at least it was a lateral move and not in a, in a downward direction, but uh, it was it was a lot of fun, Mark. I really I did I really enjoyed that, and it, and it was it was a uh, it was a good run. Got no, a good I'm, run. I'm very serious. It was the best best radio I've ever done, and I I don't say that lightly. And by the way, uh, iHeart Media has since banned the adult video star, so I you know I I don't have but, but between you leaving and them being banned, I don't have any any fun anymore. Now, Jack, I have an idea. Okay, you're obviously a proud son of Johnstown, PA, correct? That is right. That's correct. And there's that statue in the park of the dog that saved people from the flood, correct? 
That is true. That is true. Yes. I, I want a Jack Ham statue in your Bishop, Bishop McCourt uniform right next to the statue of the dog that saved people from the flood. <laughs> a lot of people back in Johnstown now don't know me anymore, Mark. That was a long time ago. So uh, I think we'll stay with the dog. We'll stay with the dog. I don't know, Jack. You could always threaten to take away their coal. <laughs> Jack, do, do you remember the one time we were doing the show and the and the guy showed up dressed in camouflage carrying the rifle bag? Oh yes, I did. I I, I thought there. That's all I need. Get hit with friendly fire down there when that guy came in and he had a trench coat on and sat down right in front of you after you were bad mouthing somebody out there. You have a problem with me? Why don't you come down here to the to the high? No, I never said high. that. I never said that. Especially if the guy yeah. had a gun. <laughs> But, but as it turned out, he had penance for you to sign. He had the rifle That's bag exactly. so they wouldn't get right. so they wouldn't get bent. Yeah, but it was a tense situation as that guy strolled up to the middle middle <laughs> of the the table up there. And I'll you're right. I'll never forget that. It was right about then when you missed the adult video stars, didn't you? <laughs> See what I mean about our show? I mean, there was a, a lot of things happened over there that were not even related to sports. <laughs> Which is why it was so good. Jack, uh, as always, uh, a pleasure. For what it's worth, I, I think you could have played in any era and, and been exactly what you were. So thank you for taking the time. All right, Mark. Take care. Thanks a lot. That is the great Jack Cam. That's great radio, just like it was back in the day. And by the way, Jack, you know, it's not like he ignored the adult video stars that were there before him and they passed in transit. He, he took a look. How could you not? Alexis Ford was one of them. My God. 412-333-WXDX. That's Jack Kim. I'm Mark Madden. We got pirate talk at the top of the hour, which we never do, but uh, something's going on down there because players ain't getting better, and players that leave, when they get somewhere else, they are getting better. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. Hashtag best in the world. You are the super genius. <laughs> I'll say. And then some. VX at 105.9. I don't think this song was in the DVE Memorial Day 500 either. No quarter. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Uh... I'm not outraged by the omission of rock and roll or back in black and free bird sliding on the list. It's worth noting back in black, the ACDC song, the title track from the album of the same name, that song wasn't a hit back then. That wasn't a single off the album. The single, as I recall, was you shook me all night long. I think hell's bells was a single too, because that was the eulogy for Bon Scott, the singer who had passed away prior to the recording of that album. Really, lists like that don't mean anything. They're just fun. I know that uh, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses was way up the list. I'm a big Gunners fan, and I am not a fan of that song. I just think it's goofy and poppy, and uh, I far prefer songs like You Could Be Mine or Pretty Tied Up, but... Uh, uh, that was the era of video. MTV really gave that song a boost, and certainly that was the primo era of rock radio. Uh, one thing we're going to talk about at length later, this fantasy football controversy where Tommy Pham of the Cincinnati Reds slapped Jock Peterson of the San Francisco Giants in the outfield during pregame 
because he thought Peterson cheated in a fantasy league they were both in. Here's one thing I've not been able to, to, to look up. Fam said that uh, that uh, he, he thought Peterson used illegal by the terms of the league. He's not going to get arrested, but uh, he, he broke the rules with his roster machinations. And Fam said there was too much money on the line, unquote, and Peterson was effing with his money, unquote. And Fam didn't apologize. He got suspended three games, but didn't apologize. Here's my question, if anybody knows. What was the entry for that league, the entry fee? It had to have been just incredibly big if Fam's saying there was too much money on the line. The, the highest entry I've ever heard is the old Pittsburgh State Company Football League, which outlived the Pittsburgh State Company. It, it still exists. And the entry for that's like 6K per team. Uh, but this this one that Fam and Peterson were in, I mean, Fam makes seven point five mil, Peterson makes six mil. Is it Pedersen, Peterson? I don't know. I don't care. But uh, I wonder what the entry was for that league and what the payoff was. How many people in it? Total prize pool. That's the interesting stuff to me. And it's just another example that fantasy football ruins football. It ruins the perception of football. Uh. Let's go to Bill in the North Hills. Bill, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Hi, Bill. I just wanted to compliment you on the Jack Ham interview. I was hoping that Jack Ham had a chance to respond to Doug Whaley's comment because it's been a couple weeks since he said that, and I hadn't heard anybody get his take on that. Well, no, uh, his take was his take's out there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, i got to be honest. I'm, I'm going to do better interviewing somebody like that, especially somebody with whom I have a prior rapport like Jack uh, than most will. And, and I thought it was um, it was kind of neat that Jack admitted he was mad. And I don't blame yeah. him. I'd, I'd have been mad, too. I mean, who the frig is Doug Whaley? Yeah. Maybe that took his hat out of the ring for the uh, GM position, too. <laughs> uh, I don't think that uh, Doug Whaley's ever going to work in, in football management again. I, I just don't think so. I, I think, frankly, he mangled the thing in Buffalo so bad, the job there, that uh, I just think he's on the pay-no-mind list in, in permanence. Thank, thank you for the call. You know, again, fantasy football, I just want to get this in there and maybe get some discussion. I'd like to know weird fantasy football stories. I should probably save that when the drafts come up, and those aren't for quite a while. But... Uh, Give me weird fantasy football stories, but make them good. Make them good, not just, I won all this money because you didn't. But uh, fantasy football skews the way you look at players and at football. You root for the wrong things. You root against the team you support because it does you good in fantasy. It just sucks, I think. I think gambling on games, I think that's something everybody does and. I'm not saying it's cool because I don't do it very often, although I should have. You know what my record is picking NHL playoff series? If you listen to this tape, too, from this show, and I did it on uh, on Conan, the wrestler, his podcast, I'm 10-2 and two picking series. Can you believe that? 10-2, and two, and I didn't bet on any of them. 412-333-WXDX. Just around the corner, I'm going to talk about the Pirates and the state of that team because we're so used to them sucking. And even those of you who are optimistic that are that stupid, you just believe in their 
you know, success being just on the road stuff. But you got to look closely at what's going on now. Because what's going on now with the Pirates ain't good. 105.9 X.